never-ceasing love towards you, that you will find rest, even in the midst of quaking of the earth, know I am. We're just going to stay in this place of, of being in his presence. And I feel like we need to go ahead and take communion. So if those who are serving will go ahead and come on forward. If we, I don't know if we have people designated for that for today. But um, we just invite you to come and partake of the body and the blood. And all that he purchased for us in his death and also in his resurrection. Lord, we just thank you for your your body given to us on the cross, God. Thank you. Thank you for what you purchased for us that day and every day after, Lord, in our hearts, Lord. And we don't have to be under the weight of sin anymore, God. That you've forgiven our sin and you've healed our diseases, Lord. Thank you, God. And we just exalt your name in this place this morning, Lord. That it is exalted over every other name that would try to exalt itself. God, your name is lifted high, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Yes, just feel free to come on and come. she shared has just resonated in my life and she said you can't call Jesus Lord unless you say yes and I can remember as a young woman then was in college and I wanted to follow Jesus and I thought Lord you know, I want to be like Elizabeth Elliot. I want, I want to say yes. And the Lord said, Gail, are you willing to suffer what she suffered? She lost her husband. And then she lost another husband. But she said yes. And Jesus was her Lord. We can't say, wait, Lord, because then we're questioning his timing. We can't say, but, but Lord, because then we're questioning his authority. And we can't say, why, Lord, because then we're questioning. Our response must be yes. Lord,
received a word, and God just simply said, I'm enough. And that can go in so many ways, but it's just, yes, it just makes you stop, like, I'm enough. So I just want to share that. I feel your pain, brother. I've been there. My brother was four years older than me. And at the age of 35, he was electrocuted. (coughs) Went to his funeral. He left behind a wife and three children. Six months later, (coughs) my father had a mild heart attack. And this was up in Okeechobee, so my wife and I left Fort Lauderdale, went up there. (coughs) See him in the hospital. He was home. And they released him, or he signed himself out. He was a bullheaded man, but I loved him very, very much. That day, he had a heart attack in his little trailer. I was there, my mother. Laid him down on the floor, tried to give him artificial respiration. He took his last breath in my arms approximately four years later took my mother to the hospital she was living with us Fort Lauderdale a couple days later she was gone all within four years time the week that week when we were having the funeral for her or the wake. My oldest, our oldest daughter had taken a can opener and gashed up her arms. She was using drugs. And the same, that same week, was, I was diagnosed with my first cancer and given six months to live. And I never forget the pain that we as survivors feel on our losses. If you haven't gone through it, it's a pain like no other pain. And I remember it came to me that the Lord just said, here, hang on to my apron string. Hang on to my string. And I'll drag you. I'll drag you through. I'll take you through this. And he did. And it's the only way that I got through that is trust the Lord. It took me a, a year, I guess, to get over my brother's death. I didn't really know the Lord then, so I had to do it manually. And it's it's terrible. It almost broke my wife and up our marriage, dealing with that. Uh, not knowings and all this, but when you have the Lord, that's the healing is right there. And my brother, you will be healed. You will be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand, continue with him. And he'll bring you through. He'll bring you through. Bless you all. This microphone makes me a little bit nervous, but I was asked to stand just in front of it. So um, I asked Becky this morning if I could uh, sing this song, and I said, I don't need any music. I don't need any microphone. Uh, Y'all just pray for me as I do this. Me and my mom used to do this song a lot, and it's been almost eight years since she's been gone. So I'm singing this alone. Um, we usually used to do the verse, chorus, verse, and chorus, but I'm just going to do the two verses and then the chorus. And you just pray for me. And I want you to think about the words because I was telling Becky, um, saying this a lot with my mom, never really paid attention to the words. Um, but if y'all just pay attention, I think you'll you'll get the gist of the song. <clears throat>
Each time I stop and take the time to look around me, I see the signs of His appearing everywhere. The things He said would come to pass are now before us. And I can feel a strange excitement in the air. There's this longing in my my heart for His appearing. I'll gladly leave behind these trials here below. For this journey has been hard and I'm so weary. But Lord, I feel I'm so much closer home. Just any day now, our Lord is coming. He'll be returning for you and me. Oh, I've been watching, and I've been waiting, just any day now, His face I'll see. I woke up this morning and I was thinking of different poems because they go through my mind. And one of them was from Myra Brooks Welch. It's 96 years ago that she wrote this. <clears throat> it's called The Master's Touch. It was battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on that old violin. But he held it up with a smile. What is my bidding, good folks, he cried. Who will start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two, two dollars, and who will make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin, Tightening its loosened strings, he played a melody, pure and sweet, as the caroling angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, in a voice that was quiet and low, said, What is my bid for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow. A thousand dollars, and who will make it two? Two thousand, and who will make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice. Going and gone, he said, the people cheered, but some of them cried, We do not quite understand what changed its worth. And swift came the reply, The touch of the Master's hand. And many a man with life out of tune, battered and scarred with sin, is often cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like that old violin. Best a pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He's going once. He's going twice. He's going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that's wrought by the touch of the master's hand. If you will permit me, I'd like to tell you a little story about my mother. Words can't say how much I loved her. I was her favorite son. I was her firstborn. My mom was uh, 73 years old and two months when she passed. She had been sick for a long time. She had uh, congestive heart failure. I don't know if you're familiar with that. 
It's nasty. But you know what? I had a relationship with my mother, and I don't know how many men have a relationship like that, that we could talk about anything. And we often talked about eternity. And I said to her, I said, Mom, I said, if things go the way they normally do, you probably go before I will. But I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to rejoice. Because I know you're going to be with the Master. And I will be maybe a little envious. So anyway, over about five years, six years, something like that, the time came when it would be uh, 30 years ago tomorrow that she uh, went home to be with the Lord. But before she went, she was in the hospital, and I, she was in a lot of pain, I knew, because they put a a thing in her chest, and I don't remember what to call it now, for which they could put morphine right into it. And I, I was standing beside her bed, and she was swollen up like a balloon with water, laying with her arms on pillows. And I said to her, I said, Mom, won't you be glad to get out of this nasty body? She said, I sure will, son. So we had, uh, uh, she had not been to church for a while because of uh, her illness. And um, so I asked my pastor if he would come at her request and pray with us. And so we gathered around uh, three of three of my siblings, four of my siblings, gathered around the bed with me. We were holding hands. And he began to pray for her. But before he started, she said, Now, Pastor, she said, I don't want you to pray that I get well. I want you to pray that the Lord just let me come on home. And that's the way we prayed, and we were all in agreement. I don't know how many days it was before she went, but like I said, tomorrow will be 30 years. She died on my birthday. And I'm thinking, you, just you would do that. <laughs> but we did rejoice. Never, I don't think I shed a tear. If I did, it was for me, not for her. That I would miss her, and I do miss her. And I'm a whole lot older now than she was when she passed. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to tell you, it's kind of a, to me, an uplifting thing to see somebody pass and they rejoice because they're going to be with the Lord. Because we don't know when, when we will go. And if we're not ready, we need to get ready. And if we are ready, what's the worry? You can't, you can't threaten me with death. Because if you do, I'm just saying, okay, I have, I have at it. I'm going to be with Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. I think we're going to need to order some more uh, tissue boxes. <laughs> Good Lord. Not all crying is evil, though. A lot of it, especially in the Lord. There's joy even in the sorrow. Thank God for that. And uh, let me just pray first. Father, we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit, the promise to comfort us, to guide us, to remind us of everything that the Lord Jesus taught his disciples. So today we ask you, the Holy Spirit, to open up our eyes of our heart even more, that you would reveal Jesus even more to us. We need a greater revelation of the Son. We need to know Him more. And we thank You when we expect that, Lord. You said that when we 
ask for a piece of bread, you're not going to give us a snake. You give good gifts to your children. And so today we ask, I ask, that there will be hungry hearts, or people wanting, Lord, to drink, thirsty people. We just ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. He doesn't do things the same way. Each and every day is new. And every time we get together, I'm just so surprised about how different it is each time. It's like, how can you do that and make everything just brand new and fresh? Every single time, Lord, you seem to do that. And uh, he is the creator. (laughs) And he will forever be making things new. And we know that in the world, especially those who've uh, dabbled in it for a long time, relished and had a good time in it, it's like, man, it gets dry and dusty. And it's just like it becomes the same old, same old. Not so in the Lord. His mercies are new every single morning. Great is His faithfulness. He's faithful to meet us here. And we have got a lot of needs, a lot of people who are sick. Losing a loved one. But we've got a lot of people who are on the mend now, who are healing up. And um, we don't just sit still and just fret and worry. We walk in the strength of the Lord. And whatever He's given us, we're going to continue to walk in it. Keep praying for those who are sick. And uh, where's Miss Wheeler? Where are you around here? Thank you so much for continuing to put those prayer requests up. Um, that is such a gift and such a work that no one really acknowledges. I acknowledge it, and all of heaven knows that is a it's an incense offering before the Lord. So thank you so much for that faithful work. And for the people who came up. Some of these old words, you know, from the 90s or from the 70s. And it's just like it reminded me of that scripture is like, you know, as as a believer, we can take new things out of that storehouse. But also the old things taken out of the storehouse, too, reminding us it's like the Lord has always been faithful. He will always be faithful. He will always be good. Even when we are faithless, even when we are bad little girls and boys, He is still good. He can't help but be that. He is, I am what I am. And I will not change. We've got to change. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And as Jesus said before He left, see, the Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. I had heard somewhere in the, in the Scriptures... Uh, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, is that there were over 7,000 promises from God. I did not count them all up. I can barely count that high. And I certainly don't have the patience for it. But I believe that the gift is the one that the Father sent, the Holy Spirit. And He is here inside of you. If you are a believer, He's inside of you. Absolutely. But there's no measure to him. It doesn't just stop. He keeps going. He won't force himself on you. But he does come bringing gifts. And we need them for the edifying of the body, the building up of the body. It's a sign for unbelievers as well. And I know some of you guys were a little bit nervous and hesitant to come up and speak. God bless you for coming up. There's one word or a beautiful song or something from a long time ago. It's just like that built me up and that just blessed my heart so much. And I know for some of you it did the same thing. We don't just make these things up. These are not cunningly devised fables. 
and fairy tales. These are things that God has given us through his word. Instructions for how we are to be sons and daughters of the living God. We don't just keep making things up. They are all in here. Everything that happened has happened before in his word. And we're just kind of dipping our toe into it right now. Pretty soon it's going to be ankle deep. If it feels good right now, his presence, and it always does, is going to keep getting better, especially in these dark days. Because his light's going to shine that much brighter. It just will. But you guys, we have to hang on. We have to hold on to him, hold fast to what he's given us. Continue to move on into faith. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Enjoy it for a little while. Learn those basics. Get really good at them. But he's looking for hungry and thirsty people. And you will not go away without being fed and without having water. I'm not going to go too much into the teachings I want to of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I just want to kind of talk about one. Um, but like I said before, I've taught before in the past, and I always believe it's good to kind of go back over the things that we've uh, talked about before. Uh, Derek Prince said used to say, Re- recapitulate. It's like, gosh, he's got some big words. So, But I like to go back over some of the things that we've talked about. And those first three that we uh, block together, words of uh, revelation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And revelation is simply something that we didn't see before. Revelation, like in the book of Revelation, is not something scaring. It's the, the revealing. And we need those gifts. We saw last week... Um, Our brother right here, Ron, talked about his word that he was able to give in D.C. a couple of years ago. He didn't have that knowledge. It came from him from the Lord. And he was able to deliver that word of knowledge to that couple. A word of knowledge, there is that direction right there. He didn't make it up. Don't be afraid to come up and share things. The Lord's not going to leave you hanging here. Then Tommy came up later. You guys remember that story? You guys remember what he shared? Okay, with the stump grinder. And Tommy was able to give a word of knowledge there, but also a word of wisdom. He says, if you will, repent. And you guys remember what it was. It was abortion, because they had lost three kids to miscarriages before. He says, if you repent, either you or your wife, the Lord will heal your womb, and you'll be able to have children again. And boy, he, I don't know if he was getting ready to run, if that guy's going to throw a stump at him or what, but he was obedient to deliver that word. And we found out later that she was able to conceive and have children. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and sometimes there is some overlap. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, some of the vocal gifts. In particular, one is always very... Um, Controversial, I guess. Speaking in tongues. There are different types of tongues, it says here. If we turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Fred, I'll slow it down for you. Where are you at? All right. If you just get a Bible instead of the thing with those giant fingers. You'll... <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12. I'll start with verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. We saw Jenny doing that today. To another, the discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one in the same spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. And I might be wrong. Phil, you can rebuke me privately later on. 
I don't see a problem with asking for these gifts. I really don't. But it's his decision where they go. And he decides where you go inside of his body and what you're supposed to be doing. And I believe a lot of the the frustration that comes um, being a Christian sometimes for a long time is you don't know your, your place in the body. You're not really sure what you should be doing or what your calling is. And you just kind of float. It's not that you're out there sinning and rampaging and being a pirate, but you're just kind of floating in that ether, not really sure what are you supposed to be doing. Is this it? And these things were written that we could be doing what he wants us to do. So if we move over to uh, Corinthians still, uh, to 14. First Corinthians 14. Start with verse 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice or evil, be babies. But in understanding, be mature. Though it sounds like a contradiction, in the spirit's not. It certainly is not. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to the unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will you not say that you're out of your mind? But if I'll prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he is judged by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. So, how is it then, brethren, in verse 26, uh, whenever you come together, each one of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for the building up, for edification. So, we can see with, it's not just for building yourself up, but it is part of that. Um, Tongues are also for praying in the unknown language, where you're just kind of bypassing the will, your mind, and your intellect, and you're speaking mysteries to God. Because a lot of the things that we're going on in the world right now in our lives, they are perplexing. And that is one of the, the tools that God has given us to use. That where we can go past our confused and just befuddled minds sometimes and just speak directly to God, spirit to spirit. Now we remember when God first created Adam, he breathed into him and Adam became a living what? He became a living soul. But now, through the spirit, we have become a living spirit. Spirit gives life to spirit. And we have that language. And it is controversial. But I think it's so important because with the tongue, we can bless. And if you have this gift in the Lord, there's no way, I don't believe, we can ever curse. And James talks about that a lot. Is like, how could you, out of the same mouth, give blessings and cursings? How could there be salt water and fresh water coming out of the same fountain? And a lot of us will say, yeah, I'm very much like that. Up one minute, down the next. Blessings over here. Look at that weirdo over there. And it's just like God's up in his heaven shaking his head. But he has given us a tool, a heavenly tool. And I'm going to admit that on, I even told, I was thinking about telling Becky about this. And she's cringing now. I was like, oh, no. Tuesday, we got together with a group of believers 
uh, Jeremy Bradford and his group, and we were just worshiping and praising God, and um, some people were speaking in tongues during part of the, uh, the service. And while that was going on, for the first time in my life, I received an interpretation for it. Yes, I did. Yes! Oh, I was so excited. And guess what I did? I just sat on it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And how do I know? Because in about three minutes' time, someone said the exact same thing I was getting ready to say. That our weapons are not carnal. This is one of Bobby's favorites. But they are mighty for the tearing down of strongholds. And in the, the tongue, in the interpretation I believe God said to me, is like our weapons are not bombs, they're not bullets, they're not tanks, they're not missiles. They're not biological warfare. God has given us weapons that can tear down things that have been around for thousands of years. And someone else said it. So I got to sit there in shame for a little while. But the Lord's always so encouraging. And um, anyway, Jeremy, I said it right now, so you can't hold that against me. But he does. He gives us things. He gives us gifts to exercise them. To be faithful with them. And tongues are definitely a mysterious thing. Tongues of angels. The tongues that the, uh, the 120 received on the day of Pentecost. People were hearing literally their own languages where God was. They were hearing the praises of God coming from people in Jerusalem. It's like, how do these people know this? How can they speak her language? So that's part of it as well. So, for those who have um, never received that gift and stuff, keep asking for it. Keep practicing. Remember one of the things that I had heard a long time ago is like, like when you're getting ready to pray, just do it by yourself and just ask the Lord. I was like, Father, just give me the gift of tongues so I can speak these wonderful words to you. And then in faith to step out, and it may sound like, like little baby talk sometimes. It might be just a one-syllable type of thing, like ba 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 or whatever it is. You're still a baby. It's okay. The language will develop over time. But it's something that you have to continue to do and practice and keep using. Um, sometimes, you know, use it or lose it. So if I don't think you'll lose it, but you can get out of practice of it and be out of shape with using it. So, I didn't really want to go too far um, because John was going to teach um, on prophecy. That is, Gibson, he's going to be gone for the next couple of weeks. I'm glad uh, Jenny was here to share some of that today. I can't see you. Where are you? There you are. From 1992, really? <laughs> okay, that was great. The year I graduated high school. But, um, anyway... We're going to go back, and we're going to go to Genesis 24. The Lord was uh, kind of talking to me about this beautiful story in it where Isaac, um, he's in some really sad and depressing spots right now. He just lost his mom, Sarah. And, um, you know, and he has no wife. So sometimes single guys, we do weird and lonely things and stuff as, you know, we mourn the loss of uh, someone we love so much. And Abraham realizes this, and he knows that everything that he has is going to be going to Isaac. And so he speaks to, I don't know if it's Eleazar, but here it seems like it's like an unknown servant. And he sends him on a mission to go get a wife for his son Isaac. And I'm just going to read portions of it and then kind of close at the end. Um, and then I'll be giving some more instruction on uh, what I'd like to do next. But anyway, so he sends 
this servant. And the servant, this is in Genesis 24, starting in verse 10 right here. The servant took ten of his master's camels and departed. For all of his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by the well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord of my master Abraham, you guys hear that too, right? I know, it's like I'm starting to sweat. It's like, no, I'm too young for this. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'll keep going, I guess. <laughs> oh, these are fogging up. And he said, the servant said, Oh, Lord God of my master Abraham. Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here at the well of the water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman whom I say, please put down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one that you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And of course, the most beautiful woman of all comes out, Rebecca. And she does exactly that. And she tells him, drink, I will draw for your camels also. This is in verse 45. This is before I finish speaking in my heart. There was Rebecca coming out with her pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down to the well and drew water. And I said to her, please, let me drink. And she made haste with her pitcher and came down from her shoulder. And she said, drink, and I will give her camels a drink also. And then I asked her, whose daughter are you? And she says, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, of whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the nose ring on her nose and bracelets on her wrist. And I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord God, my master Abraham, who had led me in the way of truth to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. So, you guys can see here also, this is a, I mean, the entire chapter is all about this unknown servant. And I really believe that, in a way, he's a representative of the Holy Spirit. As the father has sent him out, Abraham, to go get a bride for his son, Isaac. And there's this beautiful thing that goes on. He brings gifts, ten camels full of the gifts of his master. And can you imagine if she had said, I don't need the ring and the nose, which basically symbolized betrothal. Or the gifts or the bracelets or any of those things. And it's like, it's okay. Back then, that would have been a huge insult. And I believe that in the Lord that, you know, as his bride, as his body, it's like we need to follow the Holy Spirit's direction on this. He comes bearing gifts for a reason. We need those gifts to operate. And so we go down later on. In uh, Genesis 24, of course, Rebecca, she goes, and she goes with her her maidens. And this is a long journey that he got to go all the way back to the promised land. And during that time, can you imagine what this unknown servant is speaking with her about? Talking all about Isaac the entire time, I believe. He is wonderful. He is handsome beyond belief. He's the child of the promise. When there was no way that my master could have a child, he just talks Isaac up the entire time. She's never seen him before. But in faith, she goes forth. She goes on this long journey. Verse 60. So she's leaving her family behind, and her family blesses her. And he blessed Rebecca and said to her, Our sister, may you become the mother of thousands. 
of ten thousands, and may your descendants possess the gates of those who hate them. The gates of hell will not prevail against us, against his church. It will not happen. Verse 61. And Rebecca and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels, and they followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Bir Lahai Roy, and he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, camels were coming. And then Rebekah lifted her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel, and she said to her servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. She took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all these things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. And I know right now it seems that it is a long journey that we're on with the Holy Spirit until we finally meet the Lord, either in the air or we get called out of the grave It is a long journey, and there is joy along the way as we begin to learn more and more about our Master. There is so much in the Old Testament that just screams out the gospel, and this is one of those beautiful stories. But let's be like Rebecca, even though she had never seen or laid eyes on this man Isaac, and she was getting ready to completely change her life from staying with her family, doing the things that they did, she left everything. We have got to be the same way too. There is no choice. We can't just stay out there in the desert or just stay in that one spot. I mean, we can. But by God's faithfulness, we won't. We'll continue on the journey. And those camels and all those gifts and all those wonderful things that Abraham sent that servant were for her. It is for us, the church. I know you guys have heard me say this. It's like they are tools, not toys. Especially you guys who are in construction, you know. If you have the best tools, it's going to be a whole lot easier doing the job that you need to do. And I know as a chef a long, long time ago, have the best knives, the sharpest knives, because if they're dull and all weird and stuff, it's a danger. Same thing with a soldier or if you're a nurse or whatever. You need these tools to function. It's like we are not any different in that way. So I encourage you, and um, we'll have a little time of ministry here. Um, Maybe one of you can... Worship, play some music in the background. Where did she go? Hope she didn't get raptured. There she is. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But as they come up, um, and we'll dismiss the kids in a little bit. I'll go grab them. Um, I just want you guys to thank the Lord for what he is providing But if you are hungry and thirsty for more of these things, get them. Ask for them. Continue. I encourage you to don't just stay still. If you've got other issues, health issues, problems in relationships, there's always problems in relationships. Here's the place to get bandaged up, get put back on your feet. We're not meant to always be wounded constantly because wounds can turn to festers and sores. And it's really hard to serve the Lord when you're covered in sores. In fact, it might disqualify you. He needs you healed up. 
So anyway, Jen, can you come? A couple of the other, you want to bring your husband with you and stuff for prayer for people. Um, some of the elders as well, Phil. Okay, good. Daniel, would you like to come up too? Thank you, sir. And um, right now I'm just going to pray for us. Father, we just ask these things in faith through your son's name, Jesus, the one you loved so much, the one that you went looking for a bride for your son. We ask, Lord, that these gifts that are provided by the Holy Spirit, Lord, would be available to your people here, to me, that we would be bold, Lord, and just take them. Lord, we just bless this time together. And we thank you so much that you're just so faithful and you're so good to your people. Can I share something real quick, Josh? I just wanted to share that um, one of my first experiences with somebody praying over me and speaking in tongues was when my heart was very heavy. And uh, I was at Ken and Dana Jenkins' house, and I just felt so, so lost. And I remember we had talked a while, and then they finally they stopped talking, and they said, let's just pray. And he, he put his hand on my back. He started speaking in tongues. <clears throat> he started praying in tongues. And I remember feeling this feeling like something just washed over me. That was just beautiful. That, that it was okay that my heart was sore. And that the Lord just knew it. And he was just washing over me. And I just feel like that's such a, a blessing when you pray for somebody in, in tongues. You know, you don't have to know exactly what to say. Um, so we're going to sing this song. And um, I just encourage you, if you are if you have a gift of tongues, feel free to just worship and pray in that. You don't ha- It doesn't have to be a, out loud. It can be very quiet and soft. Um, I would just encourage you, and if you want to get the gift of tongues and you haven't ever had it, you can just quietly ask God for it, or loudly ask God for it, whatever you'd like to do. Um, But could we, you know what I'm going to ask now, can somebody please go turn off the lights? And you guys feel free to stay.